0: Hi, this is Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. My guest calls himself The Travel Guy. Technically, it's Eric The Travel Guy. His full name is Eric Hastings, and he's the host of the nationally syndicated award-winning show Beyond Your Backyard on PBS TV. So, without further ado... I'd like to welcome Eric Hastings to Should Have Listened to My Mother.
1: (laughs) Is this the Jackie hotline? It sure is. (laughs) How may I direct your call?
0: I'd like to go to Morocco, please.
1: Ah, well, you know, American Airlines was supposed to have nonstop out of Philly <laughs> into Casablanca. But because of the COVID, they had to—I don't know what their current plans are for that flight, but I'll get back to you on that. Oh, that'd be
0: great. That'd be great. I'll I'll do a stay over anywhere, make a connection anywhere, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure you, you could do an itinerary for me in a minute. How are you?
1: I am marvelous, and I, apparently you're in the market for a rug. Now— <laughs> Here's my problem. You fly all the way over to, let's just call it Tangiers. And what are you supposed to do with that giant carpet? You're supposed to ship that
0: back? No, you're supposed to hide it in your luggage. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not. You're not supposed Uh, to do that. I'm only, that was only kidding. (laughs) Well, it's nice to hear your voice.
1: Well, it's lovely to hear your voice.
0: Your show is really great. And I'm not just saying that. But what's wonderful about it, and you, we can get into it a little bit later on. First, we have to talk about your mom. Sure. But your show, you're so personable and welcoming, and you are passionate about traveling. We'll talk about that as well. But you want to turn other people onto it. It's not as hard as people think it is.
1: Well, first of all, if this is how this conversation is going to go, <laughs> I can do this all day at night. No problem. <laughs> um, In a word, (laughs) in a
0: word, traveling isn't as hard as people think it is, right?
1: That's exactly right, and I had to learn that for myself, Um, and as far as what you see on the screen, we do spend an inordinate amount of time making sure that we don't do anything that's not authentic, and that includes Uh, yours truly uh (laughs) so what you see is what you get jackie that's i love it that's
0: the best part and i want everybody to watch it so now since we are talking about moms on should have listened to my mother how about we start off with your mother's name
1: my mother's name was jerry geraldine was her name
0: uh there's a couple siblings you have
1: that's correct. I, like you, I think I read on your bio, you're one of 27 children or something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, I am one of six. I have four older brothers. I'm the youngest boy in the group, and then I have a younger sister. And I was supposed to be a girl after having four boys. My mother really wanted a girl, and my name was going to be Erica.
0: Hmm. See how it just all works out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Erica, the travel woman, doesn't exactly have the same (laughs) ring, but I'd take it. I'd follow her. She seems nice.
0: (laughs) Because she had her hands full with three boys, and she's saying, please, 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 I want a girl.
1: Right. She Yes, she had the four boys. Oh, yeah, four boys. Yeah. By the time—you know, she started having children when she was 19. I mean, this was a different—this is a different time in our—in the course of history and— back in the day, that's what you did. And so my older brothers, my gosh, I think my oldest brother's gotta be 60. Um, and then, yes, and then I I showed up in 1974 and then my sister was born. I like to say when the when the world stopped for just a moment, when the Red Sea parted, when the Lord himself delivered the child, the chosen one, <laughs> my sister, my younger sister, who could do no wrong, still, to this, till to, to my mother's death, did no wrong, huh. uh, was born in 1980.
0: No jealousy or resentment there.
1: <laughs> I had a pretty good thing going on from 74 to 80. Mm-hmm. I was the baby, and then uh, she ruined it all.
0: <laughs> See how that happens? <laughs> Were you the favorite son?
1: Oh, I don't know. You know, my parents didn't really do that. They didn't. One of the things that I think my mom fostered in all of us, and I'd have to check with the rest of the kids and my brothers uh, and my sister about this, but I think they would all agree that they fostered self-reliance. They allowed us to be individuals. They, they didn't want us to conform to some sort of, you know, wearing the same clothes, Von Trop family situation. They They liked us as individuals, and so we are individual beings, and we grew up that way.
0: You're very lucky. So they really (laughs) understood each of your uh, likes and dislikes and each of your individual personalities, your parents.
1: And i got to say, I always thought that was by design until I had my own children, and I think I figured out that my parents were making it up uh, just as I do on an almost constant basis so <laughs> it seemed to work out in my opinion
0: seemed to work out now you started at a young age you you're on the air as a teenager at a radio station and you're in a performance art school Are you dancing no. and singing and acting oh uh,
1: yes I well again back to my mom so you know I built a radio station in my house growing up when I was probably I don't know eight nine. And I started uh, with my Radio Shack, the Realistic brand mixer, and my turntables and my microphone, and I would make mixtapes, and I would pretend that I was on the radio, starting at the age of 5 or 8, yeah, about 8 eight or 9. And then I didn't get my first job on the radio until I was 15.
0: Oh, very old. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. But again, my mom, and I, again, I talk about my mom my mom used to drive me to work on sunday mornings i worked at a christian radio station on sunday mornings i used to come in at at 5 or 5 40 in the morning and turn on the transmitter and uh, and and start playing you know religious programs for you know 26 minutes at a time from six until noon sunday mornings and i didn't have a driver's license yet so my mom had to get up and drive me to work and it was like 25 miles from my house
0: you grew up, up in just, the midwest right
1: I grew up in a town called Des Moines, Iowa. That's right.
0: So she was dedicated your mom.
1: Yes. She she absolutely was dedicated to—and she recognized early on that I really enjoyed the performing arts and that I I really—I enjoyed—I didn't know really at the time. I just enjoyed performing, but what I really enjoyed early on was how performance could really change— People and how they could you could make them laugh and you could make them cry and, and I really enjoyed that transformative experience of live theater. Or I didn't get into television until I was seventeen, and I, and that transferred over to the radio as well. That was a, you know that's all theater of the mind, as you know, and I really enjoyed that as well in my career path.
0: Is anyone else in your family performer? No. Did your mom work?
1: She, yes, she I mean, did. other than a, yeah, taking care of teacher. the family. Yeah, she was a teacher.
0: Bravo! Some minor detail.
1: <laughs> yes. So she, you know, and again, I, I'm not sure we really understand or truly appreciate and value your teachers until you are older. Um, she was an English te- English teacher, so she taught us all the difference between you know two two and two and there there and there and 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 insisted that we speak proper English. Math, not so much.
0: What age children did she teach? Uh,
1: I think early in her career, she taught high school. That was one of the stories she always told. She she, She didn't like it when we chewed gum at the house. And she didn't like it when her students chewed gum. But she didn't tell them they couldn't she just pointed out how ridiculous anyone looks when they're chewing gum. (laughs) That was her her way, and nobody chewed gum in her class. So early in her teaching career, it it was high school, and then she moved into, she actually taught at business schools. She also was very interested in, to my recollection, she was interested in those who wanted to empower themselves to better themselves. So... You know, she was working with cashiers and and bartenders and servers and and people who wanted to get a degree in in business and was doing night classes. And and this is before online was around.
0: She sounds pretty great to me.
1: She was absolutely, without a doubt, one of the most remarkable people I've ever known.
0: Did she have a sense of humor?
1: She was incredibly funny. She found, she found the joy and humor in life. It, it's why her friends, <clears throat> and certainly her enemies, uh, <laughs> well, it's why her friends would say things like, you know, I just love being around her. And, I, you know, I would ask specifics. You know, I'm very inquisitive and, and was as a young person. Now I'm just old and jaded and I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I would ask why. And, and they wouldn't they would be hard pressed to come up with, you know, solid, good answers. They didn't know why. They just thought that she she saw life in in a very colorful way.
0: Where did she get that from?
1: I don't know. Uh, it probably had something to do, if I had to guess. Uh, this isn't being recorded, is it? Uh, it, it she, she was an only child growing up. Uh, her dad, my grandfather, was a uh, candy salesman. So there was a room in, in my grandparents' home up in Aberdeen, South Dakota, that was literally wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling candy
0: it's like Willy yeah. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, yes. right at your I grandparents' mean, house. Yes,
1: yes. the <laughs> chiclets, Tootsie Rolls, bazooka. We're talking about candies here that would have been popular in the late 1960s and into the early 70s. And then I would have arrived, you know, by the time I cared, 1979. So, yes, going to, grandma, you know, to grandma's house and to grandpa's house was a lot of fun because of all of that candy, none of which we were allowed to eat, mm-hmm. of course. Um but I think that she spent a lot of time uh alone growing up. I, I think that she relied on herself to decide how she wanted to see the world. That that would be my guess.
0: So do you all have a sense of humor? Because you I obviously do. do. Or we do. No, well, you do. We,
1: we do. We actually did a Zoom call the other day. We're spread out all over the country. And, of course, my sister, who has taken on a, a matriarchal uh, role in mm-hmm. our family uh, of organizing a Zoom call, and it was—it uh, was rather humorous. It was just recently, uh, within the last couple of months. Where,
0: where would your mom want to go take a trip with you if you could go somewhere tomorrow?
1: Walt Disney World. You know, it's it's funny.
0: I think I thought you were gonna say somewhere a little bit further away, than Florida. You know, it, it's Gosh. funny. Uh, not that, know, that there's anything wrong with Walt no, Disney. No, no, or, no, no. I, I know, but, but or I think California.
1: I, I think it's a, not even necessarily a cultural thing. I think it's more of a, a generational thing. Like she was truly happy. When the children were happy. Like, because she found joy, she wasn't looking for anything. Her happiness was wherever she was. And so, for you to ask, where would we go? It's a great question, by the way. Um, it's one of the ways you know you asked a great question when somebody says that's a great question. <laughs> a, they're thinking about their answer. That's number one. It gives them a second to
0: think about it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but uh, it, it forced you to think, which
1: is awesome. Uh, but she said, "I think that's why I said Walt Disney World. One of my greatest memories was going to Walt Disney World with my mom uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my dad and my siblings, uh, my older brother Patrick. But, but, but it wasn't like it was noticeably different. She was happy at home. Y- y- does that make any sense? Totally
0: makes not. sense. It's her her inner being, her essence. Yeah, she was happy."
1: Now, in her later years, she did some amazing trips. She went to New Zealand. She went to India. She did all kinds of crazy trips, and she was an old woman by our, you know, by our standards of of, of colloquialism. Uh, you know, she, she, but she loved it. Loved it.
0: Did she ever travel with you when you were producing shows?
1: No, she died before that. Oh, sorry. That's it. It's all it's going to happen to all of us. So, you know,
0: did your mom, did Jerry have um, noticeable fears or ones that she let you see?
1: No. No. No, she lived her life on her terms. And she reminded us that that is our job to decide, you choose. I really didn't want to go to high school all that much. As a matter of fact, I didn't go to high school all that much. Uh, they, They were installing a newfangled computer system when I was a senior in high school. On the last day of my senior year in high school, I was called down to the attendance center. Simply because they wanted to share with me that the computer had averaged how many classes I actually attended in high school, and it had averaged it out to 2.7 <laughs> days out of the week for four years, and they were shocked they, that they I was
0: to graduate They let like. you
1: yeah, with a B average. And by the way, one of the things I was doing was uh, mom and I would decide that we wanted to go play golf. And so we would go play golf in the morning instead of going to school. And then we would go to Chi-Chi's for lunch.
0: Oh, sounds pretty magical to me. What did you call her? How did you call for your Mom. mom.
1: She was mom. She was mom. Always mom.
0: When you would have... One-on-one conversations, because you obviously spend a lot of time with her, but the more serious ones, like if you knew some, you did something wrong or she had something on her mind she wanted to talk to you about, was there a particular place you'd wind up being together, whether it's the kitchen table or outside or in the car, where you'd have a serious mom well, and son?
1: I, listen, I, I, uh, I subscribe to the notion that Nothing is real until you tell your mom. Now, you can tell your girlfriend, you can tell your husband, you can tell your wife, you can tell your friend, you can telephone. it doesn't matter. But when you... <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello. Is, we call that low-hanging fruit, Jackie. That's an easy one. Um, I would have said telegram, but I'm not Bob Hope. Um... <laughs>
0: Oh my but gosh. when you
1: tell mom, it's real. And so, you know, any shenanigans that went on, and there weren't many, I was a pretty. I, 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 I never had time to do a lot of shenanigans when I was a kid. Like, I didn't, you know, I was busy. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed some of my school work, but I really enjoyed being in theater, I enjoyed being in my dance classes, I enjoyed being on the radio, I enjoyed hanging out with my friends to some degree, I enjoyed working at the Mexican restaurant when I was a kid. I mean, I enjoyed, I didn't really have a lot of time for shenanigans. My shenanigans came in different forms. My parents believed I was on drugs and they in high school because they really were shocked at how much money I could spend they really didn't understand it as a matter of fact they tested me uh, because they were convinced and they didn't understand that I really spent my money on records 45s talk about dating yourself um, and flowers for girls for the shows that they were in and trying to impress them and going out to eat I would spend my money on that
0: well how did you make the oh because you're working in the radio station yeah. the restaurants you're always working
1: yeah. I always work Wow, you had to go to do a
0: drug test? Is that what you just said? You ha- They got you tested?
1: Uh, yeah, and I said that out loud. I don't know if I actually oh, tested okay. me or not. I, it was certainly threatened. I mean, like, it was serious business of, like, where is all this money going? <laughs> Our money plus you. we know you make money. Where, how do you not? How could you not have any money? Like, this is ridiculous. Right. What could, they, they, they couldn't believe it. I didn't care about the cars. I didn't, you know, I had okay cars growing up. Uh, but, no, it was really spent on food. Uh, not really booze all that much, although I was always the most mature one of my peer group, so I was always the one sent in to buy booze, which I was like, this is, I still look like I'm 11. What <laughs> are you talking about? I don't—but whatever.
0: What about the girl thing? Did you ever have um, conversations about relationships when you were a teen with your mom?
1: Yes, because I was always around girls because of my dance classes. So, when I started dancing when I was nine, um, I was always around dancers, and I was always around a theater crowd. there's you know plenty of girls and women and mm-hmm. uh, so that really didn't those conversations really didn't start until I got married. We talk more about women when they were women um, when I got married, which I got married late in my. I I remember, pretty close to her death. I remember she made some comment, and you know, that's the reason I'm sharing that with you is because I remember I was, you know, complaining about something about uh, my relationship, and I think it was during my that's what it was. It was during my divorce, and you know that can take a toll on you, and, and it certainly did on me. And, and I remember her saying something to the effect of, "What are you talking about?" You've always been around women. You've always had a wonderful girlfriend. Always. Since I was, well, probably 14 or 15 years old. And it, I thought that, I'd never heard her say that before. And I was like, really? She goes, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> yeah,
1: she's like, you, you know, she said, you've been in wonderful relationships, over the years both as a young person as a as a you know it's a really young person you know and as you got older it was the same always i think it was the fear coming out that my divorce was you know my marriage was over and you know now i'm whatever i was 40 or 30. i don't know how old i was right
0: but she was also assuring you that you will find another down in your path right, down so the line pa-
1: yeah this is a pattern here this is not it's not the end of the road
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, rem-
1: I strangely took comfort in that i think at the time sure but it also was the first time that she ever actually said something like that as overt as like what are you talking about like everywhere it, it, you always did
0: that's kind of cool how that came out like mm-hmm. no no not it e- should not even be a doubt in your mind Mom, mom in her subtle ways on, on her deathbed, and I don't mean to laugh, but sorry, oh, I mean, really. this is getting bad. It's about right,
1: <laughs> uh, it's about, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I don't remember when, but it was uh, maybe a couple of years or a year before, yeah, she passed away, so yes.
0: Uh, Do you think of her every day pretty much?
1: No, I know I'm supposed to say that to make sound like that's a nice answer to give, but no, I don't. No, every day, no. She raised me very well. She did uh, a phenomenal job. And the only reason that I have evidence of that is that um, people tell me that I'm an excellent parent. And I don't have any, I didn't even read the damn books. Like, I didn't read any of those parenting books. My wife did. She was a phenomenal uh, mom and is, uh, especially when they're young, you know, they're really, you know needy when they're babies and whatnot with the breastfeed i mean she in my opinion was excellent i but people tell me that all the time and i the only way that i can even agree with it is that well i had good parents excellent parents to be exact
0: did she stay out of your personal life
1: she was not she was not overbearing in any way stretch or form to me or to uh my children's mom. And I think one of the reasons that she wasn't is because her parents were incredibly overbearing
0: ah, and very controlling. The plot thickens. <laughs> so she changed from her experience to raise her children, and you're taking her lead on how you raise your children and how you are raised?
1: Hopefully, it's a combination of both.
0: Yeah, I think we do that, right? At least we try.
1: Well, I mean, they, you know, I have two girls, and they are eight and 11, as we are here today. And I have a feeling we're in for a real wild ride.
0: Are they dancing? Are they performing?
1: Oh, they, yes, they do very girly things. They, you know, one really likes gymnastics, the other one really likes makeup and making YouTube videos. Yes, they both love being on Instagram.
0: Mm. Uh, privately,
1: of course.
0: Good luck with that.
1: I think that shielding them 100% from it is a terrible disservice.
0: Yeah, it doesn't work because I want it more. Correct. Yeah, so in little bits and pieces. They're kids, right? Yeah. They're just like we are kids.
1: I did scare the daylights out of them recently, I think we're supposed to be talking about mom, but I can tell you, this would be a this would be a page out of mom's playbook. I was I had to use the dad voice. We don't, and it was something that they were doing. One of them was doing online, Mm -mm. and I made it very clear that the internet is a a much larger space than they are aware of, which is totally fine. That's my job to understand that. conclusion was, if you can imagine the boogeyman coming down our hallway when you're sleeping to harm you, if you can picture that in your head, and they both, of course, like, yes, I go, that's never going to happen. That's not how how it works. Where it's going to be is online. It's going to be somebody telling you that you're pretty and that they like your hair you're not gonna show up as some crazy clown. They're gonna show up as somebody that you maybe trust or think is just fine. That's the real boogeyman. And to pay attention. Well that would be something my mom would do.
0: Very smart very advice, right? Yeah. Very smart.
1: But, yeah.
0: But, and you'll probably have to say it a few just a few times. Oh, well, I should
1: have taped it just so they could just I could play the video. i be like, here, remember that one time when I was really mad? Watch it again. Oh,
0: my gosh. Well, my dad survived. He had six daughters and one son. So you got two. Oh. I think you'll do great. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I need to sit down just thinking about that idea. They say that boys break your house. Girls break your heart. Ah. Say.
0: Hmm. Did your house break? Your mom's, your mom and dad's house? Oh,
1: my God. By the time I got there in 74, we're trying to remember that those boys had been around for quite some time. I remember we came back from vacation once, and they left some of the older boys home, and we came back and the sailboat was gone. And the older one had to admit that he lost it in a poker game.
0: (laughs) That's a first. That's a first. There you go. And did he get it back? Did he have to go Uh, get it back?
1: No, because my parents believed in the in in fair.
0: He lost yeah. it. He lost it.
1: He lost it. He gambled it and he lost it. I'll bet he paid for it, but I don't know the details of that.
0: Huh. Wow. <laughs> I can only imagine what your house was like. Seems like it'd be a pretty fun place.
1: My mom used to say things to me at seven o'clock in the morning when I didn't want to get out of bed and go to high school. If you don't want to go to school today, you don't have to. But it, and she was a teacher, okay, and she, but she said, but let me make it very clear. Don't come crying to me when you have to repeat ninth grade or eighth grade or tenth grade or eleventh grade. Because if you don't get good marks in school, she didn't call them marks, she called them grades. If you don't get good grades in school, it, it decreases the likelihood and makes it all the more difficult for you to succeed later. But you don't have to go. And sometimes I didn't. But she didn't make me. And that, to me, was always a very valuable lesson of like, well, you will have no one to blame but yourself.
0: Oh, gosh, that's. Just the worst. It's so hard when it's just thrown back at you like that.
1: And if you think a 14 year old can't handle that, I disagree. I could. My sister could.
0: Did you get up?
1: Not all the time, no. (laughs)
0: Oh, my goodness. No. Not all the time. But she made it up, she let it up, left it up to you to decide.
1: She made it very clear on most days when that came up that she would not be there to for me to cry on she would not be attending any conferences she would not be she would not be advocating on my behalf because she had she would have no excuse that would rest solely on my shoulders and her suggestion was to go ahead and just get out of bed and go
0: did she ever have students that she would talk about regularly at home that maybe you got jealous about hearing about no. Did she bring students home ever?
1: No. No. We. I would go to school sometimes and and meet her students from Tyner faculty fellow, faculty members. No. She when she was present when she was there, she that was something else. I I I think I learned. She was present. She was not unavailable when she was physically present. She made it a point. She made dinner. You know, she made lunches, she, we had evenings, we had some days, sometimes she worked at night. So You know, she had a crazy work schedule. Um, but she was present and available to dole out tasks and chores and in her wonderful, passive-aggressive way. Things that she would say like, why don't you go downstairs and get the clothes from the dryer? And then, of course, as I was old enough to realize the construction of that sentence, I would answer, because I don't want to which would be met with uh, immediate disdain, and she would rephrase and say, go get the clothes from the dryer.
0: Being present, I think, for your children is key, because especially today, we're all so distracted. We have our little telephones and we have our computers and we have the laptops, not just the desktop, but being present for your children is key and it's out it's showing them that you respect them and you love them. Obviously we we have bus- we're all busy, we have many things on our mind, but that's not our kids' responsibility. That's our responsibility. I'm so glad that we did this little conversation because um watching your show is is wonderful and um I had a feeling that it was going to be a a really entertaining episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother, so I'm really glad that we were able to do this.
1: Well, the way you handle this subject matter, the minute, you know, the minute I saw the title of this podcast, I was like, oh, my God, what a wonderful, what a wonderful title. Uh, Because, and I love the subject matter, so, you know, to be given a platform to talk about my mom is just awesome, because she was terrific, and and I wish she were here. She would probably agree with about 50% of what I said, which is not bad uh, as an adult.
0: (laughs) So are you who you are today because of or in spite of your mother?
1: Uh, Because of. Yeah, absolutely because of.
0: Beyond Your Backyard or Eric the Travel Guy, if you put any of that into your search engine, you will come up with page after page after page of wonderful videos and pieces, written pieces, and your writing is great, by the way. Uh,
1: that's my mom. Yeah, that's my mom. I, that, I do, the, I do the, the talks. I know you're trying to hang up. That sounds that's like I need this. a therapy session for me. It's working out. <laughs> we haven't done the full hour. I want to get my money to work. Um, the, no, that's my mom. That, that When I do the discussions with the high schools and, and at the college level, and they ask me my advice, I go, learn how to write. It will help you learn how to speak. That's all my mom. Oh, I mean, I, I don't it's all her, but I mean, it's mostly her. That's what she taught me.
0: Thank you, Jerry.
1: Thank you, Jerry.
0: It really is great, and I love that you attribute that to your mom. Oh, we've just completed the whole circle. I'm Jackie Tantillo. You've been listening to Should Have Listened to My Mother, and Eric Hastings, Eric the Travel Guy, has been my guest. Thanks again, Eric, for joining us.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for inviting me. This is very nice of you.
0: My email is Jackie at com. if you'd like to send me a note. By all means, and we'll see you next week.